0: Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church, where we dig further into the message from Sunday, explore how to apply it to our lives, and offer a practice that will help us engage in prayer and grow in relationship with God. I'm Chris Kopp, and with me is Tiffany Malloy. Tiffany, we made it. <laughs> we survived election week. Praise God. How are you doing this week?
1: I am doing good. Chris, last week, and I'm sure uh, everybody listening can agree, that weather— I think, saved our week. (laughs) So what amazing it was to get outside, get fresh air, take walks and runs. Um, It was was a true gift.
0: So good. Uh, Well, today we're jumping back into the I Am series that we've been in this fall and digging into some of the themes from Charles' message on Sunday. (laughs) And listen, if you only listened like audibly to that service from Sunday on Jesus as the Good Shepherd, you definitely want to check out. The video of that message, at least the first five minutes or so, Uh, let's just say there's footage of Pastor Charles like running with sheep and attempting to pick them up, and maybe even a blooper or two. And it's pretty fantastic, so so definitely (laughs) give that a a look.
1: It certainly was. We, my husband and I, and my son, my 13 year old son, we were watching it together, and we were like shaking. We were cracking up. It was so (laughs) funny. It was so good. Well, in this episode of the podcast, we're going to focus on something that he talked about at the end of his message when he went over how the sheep know the voice of the shepherd and how we as Christ followers can be cultivating the ability to hear the voice of God. So we'll get into that in just a minute. But to help us do that and to tell us a little bit about her experience with prayer and hearing from God. Let's welcome in Sarah Bianchi, who is one of our volunteer worship leaders, who, especially over the last couple of years, has been such a support to our staff team. She has helped us to rest and retreat, um, hear the voice of God as she has led us um, kind of a different prayer and worship spaces. It has been such a gift. And so, um, Sarah, we're glad that you're here.
2: Thanks, Tiffany. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, and also joining us is Hannah Bussey, our Director of Worship Arts here at Blackhawk. I have the honor of being led by Hannah on our Worship Arts team, and I'm so grateful for for her friendship and the way she's impacted me spiritually and led our team, particularly in the area of prayer. Um, So Hannah, thanks so much for joining us today as well.
3: Thanks, Chris and Tiffany. Yeah, really good to be here.
0: So to start us off with kind of a fun question, we'll we'll start lighthearted before we get into some more serious things. Uh, Halloween was just a couple weeks ago at this point. So uh, when your kids come home with buckets full of candy, what's the one candy you guys that you're going after and you're stealing from your kids? What do you think?
2: Mm, Just one, huh? (laughs) Yep. You only get
0: one. You got to pick.
2: Uh, This year it has been um, Twix and we had a lot of, full-size candy bars getting handed out this year. I don't know if everyone else did, but it was like the neighborhoods were just, it's COVID, we gotta give the kids something good. So we had a bunch of full-size Twix. So I was reaping the benefits of
3: that. The kids would eat one and I would take the other.
0: That's awesome. What about you, Hannah?
3: Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to kind of twist the question a little bit because two of my favorite candies are Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and then Reese's Pieces. And they had a thing this year. I don't know if it's new this year or if it has existed and I just haven't known about it. It's like a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup stuffed with Reese's Pieces in the middle. Mm. And so my anticipation level was like high. I'm like, this is going to be the best thing I've ever eaten. And I ate it. And it was a little disappointing. Like like I was thinking I get like some little crunchy candy shells in the middle and there was nothing. It was just like a normal Reese's peanut butter cup. Still good, but not like exponentially better than either of them alone. So
0: Mm, That's disappointing. It
3: was still good. Chris, what about you?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I'm a a sucker for just Kit Kat bars. Um, I think that's my my go-to so yeah
1: chris that's the thing that's left over in ours so what? next time Hello. i will bring you all of our kit kat bars
0: <laughs> please please don't actually that sounds like <laughs> a bad idea
1: oh funny um i'd have to go with sarah on this one i also twix um i've already uh, stolen most of the twix from my kids's candy stash that is absolutely my favorite so good well, to get us started and to help us get to know a little more, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your faith journey up to this point? And Hannah, why don't you start us off?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, so I am kind of a Wisconsin girl born and bred. I grew up in the Milwaukee suburbs. Um, I was raised uh, going to church um, and came to UW-Madison as a as a college student Um I think when I was growing up in those years, kind of growing to church, being raised in a Christian house, that um, that I, I learned a lot about God and a lot about the Bible, and I'm so grateful for those years, those foundational years of faith. But I think my my experience of God was um, was a little more detached from a sense of like a personal sense of God's presence. I, I think I I conceived of God mostly as kind of this divine taskmaster who just had these impossibly high standards, and I was always liable to disappoint him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I came to college, and early on in college at the UW, I, um, I started making some decisions that didn't really um, live up to that good girl image that I'd always tried to pursue for myself. And I just became so broken um, in that place of realizing, man, I am really I'm not meeting these standards God must be incredibly disappointed in me but I remember um, spring of that year I think it was actually in a Black Hawk volunteer retreat we used to go to Green Lake Conference Center and um, and I was on that retreat and we had some space to be alone with God and it was in that space um, that I started just really honestly journaling out the way I thought God must feel about me but then, mm-hmm that journal entry started to just transform into this poem uh, with the voice of God as this gracious voice, this voice saying that I don't see you in your sin. I see you in the righteousness of Christ, and I love you, and you're beautiful, and you're perfect to me. And I was just completely floored. It was really one of the first really deep experiences I can remember of sensing God's voice as a voice of grace, and that impacted me and still impacts me to this day. Um, and then uh, as college went on, I, I started leading worship with Black Hawk as a volunteer and with my campus organization. And eventually, after I graduated college, I came on staff with Black Hawk uh, with the worship arts team here. And that's been my job ever since. I uh, met my husband Will later in college and we got married in 2007 and um, had our first daughter in 2011. Now we have three daughters, they're nine, seven, and four. So. Um, yeah, into the parenting stage of the journey, which has had some really good things that God's been teaching me along the way there mm. too.
1: Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that, Hannah, Sarah. But how about you,
2: Hannah? And I actually have kind of similar upbringings, um, and we've talked about this a lot. I, I too, was raised um, in a suburb of Milwaukee. Um, grew up in the church. I've, I've loved Jesus since I was a kid. Um, I don't know life without Jesus. And, um, grew up serving in the church a lot, loved having a purpose, loved being able to give of myself out of God's love to the world. Um, I've been a worship leader in different capacities since my teenage years. So that's been about 20 years now. Um, I've always loved that. And, um, now, as a mother of four, been married uh, about 16 years to my husband, there became a shift in my faith journey where sort of the responsibilities, the weight of life, things started stacking up so heavy that my current way of of walking with God as sort of this external being that I just did things for no longer seemed to be carrying me. And um, I realized that to have God as, um, as a shell that you lose in the noise of life no longer is sustainable for your soul. And so the last few years have been this shift for me of re-experiencing the voice of God and getting to know God as, an, as a true being and not simply somebody I've been told about, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing God's voice has been a huge part of that shift for me. Not that I don't think I heard it before, but um, like I said, there's a lot of noisy things that that... Can drown it out, and when you when you lose the voice, um, God becomes something that you are 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 serving or working for or doing all of these things for instead of experiencing in a real way in your life.
0: Oh, that's so good. Um, well, you guys are kind of kind of headed there all, already, but let's turn a corner a little bit and and dig a little more into the message from Sunday and talk a bit about prayer. So I know for many people, I think this is true of myself, is kind of a shift that occurs where prayer goes from being something where we're mainly talking at God and maybe rattling off a list of requests to a process of learning to recognize God's presence and to hear from Him. Um, so for you guys, when would you say that shift happened for you and and what did that look like?
2: As most things, um... We have shifts in the road usually when there's some chasm, something that breaks. And um, a few years ago, I got sick and the stress of that, of doctors not being able to figure out what it was, my role in my family, um, me not being able to do all the things I normally did, it caused me to spiral into some deep anxiety. And this frightened me because to to fix the anxiety, I, I did what... I normally would do in life and and sit down and pray and and God, here's all the things I need. Here's all the things that I'm worried about. And I would just rattle it off. And, and like you said, Chris, a lot of talking at God. And it felt like I was just throwing it at a wall. And that frightened me at a deeper level because then I felt, I mean, is any of this even real? Hmm. Because this doesn't seem to be working. And When I need God the most, I feel like I'm hearing nothing. And um, I had read a book called uh, Invitation to Solitude and Silence. And it's all about the contemplative practices of drawing away into solitude and sitting silent to hear from God. And if you had asked me about this, I would have said, that's great. I'm, I'm silent every time I pray. But the truth is I wasn't, I was very loud because I was talking. And the first time I tried to sit quiet and not um, bring my own agenda to God and not just talk the whole time, I realized I could hardly sit still there. I was so noisy inside. And um, I had given myself the goal of like, just try sitting for two minutes. And I was so spun up. I mean, near panic, just to sit quietly, and and that is not something I um, had been even aware of before that I was that spun up inside. And I sat down, and I gave myself this two minute limit, and I heard this. Not a voice, I don't know how to even explain it. These are these things, these ethereal mystical things we can't explain, but there was something deep inside me that said, I've been waiting for you. Hmm. And I started weeping. And I, I didn't even know, I didn't know why I was crying, I didn't know what I was feeling, but there was some relief, maybe that something was on the other end. And um, I started learning to sit quiet and just listen. And slowly the knots inside of me began um, unraveling and I realized it wasn't something I was doing. I wasn't trying to um, coerce this healing or fixing in my life. I was sitting and resting and experiencing God at a deep level, maybe for the first time in a long time or ever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good, Sarah. I think you and I are going to end up overlapping in some of what we share. I think um, Sarah, Sarah has been such a wonderful friend to me in my own season these past few years. It's kind of funny, actually, Sarah and I knew each other in college and even led worship together in college. Mm-hmm. And then there was maybe, I don't know, 10 years in there or so where we really didn't have much contact. And then she and her family moved back into town and we've rediscovered this friendship. And mm-hmm. it's just, for me, it's been this totally God-ordained thing. Sarah's mm-hmm. kind of been like um, just a really good friend in the faith, these, especially this past few years. I've been mm-hmm. so blessed uh, through her friendship. Um, and I think God has kind of overlapped some themes in our stories and intertwined some different places in our stories where, um, at least for me, it's really helped me feel less alone. So, mm-hmm. Um, I guess my story about kind of like a shift in my understanding of prayer starts back a few years ago in 2017. Uh, In the spring, I experienced kind of this breaking point uh, within myself where I think it also came from um, just having been carrying a lot for a long time in terms of um, responsibility and trying to do a lot in my life and wear a lot of hats, be a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, but also carrying a lot in terms of like just a really sense of, of burden about all the things happening in the world um, at that time. And, and for me, it all kind of came to a head. And um, one night I I got home late and I just remember I couldn't stop shaking. My body couldn't stop shaking and it felt like a, a little bit of a, a panic attack, which I hadn't had before. Um, but so that that night kind of launched me into a season of a deeper level of anxiety than I'd felt before and other feelings that I didn't really know how to describe. But um, but later, as time has gone on, I, I really would describe them as grief, like really grieving um, the reality that I used to feel like I was living in and that I felt like it was impossible for me to live in that reality anymore. And um, I really had days where I felt really hopeless and yet I felt I had to kind of continue on. There was this growing sense of like, there's this deep wound (laughs) at the center of my life, but I don't know how to address it or maybe don't have time and space to address it. So I just have to soldier on. Um, But then later on in that year, in the, I think it was August of 2017, um, I was granted a six-week sabbatical from Black Hawk. And as part of that, I took uh, a multiple-day silent retreat. And I thought, this is it. This is going to be the answer. Like, I'm going to go away. It's going to be a little spa for the soul. Like, it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be healed when I come back, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, it was not that. It was Uh, incredibly difficult. Because when I got there in the silence, um, it was like everything was stripped away, all my people, all my schedules, all my patterns, all the relationships I had and the hats I wore, all the things I'd busy myself with, even the capacity to speak words, like they were all stripped away. And in their place, things started rising to the surface. And what started rising to the surface was my grief, and my fear, and um, on my doubts about how God felt about me and His goodness, and so many things. His mm-hmm. goodness, given what was what I saw happening in the world, and um, and it was incredibly difficult. Uh, several days, but while I was there, um, I prayed such raw, honest prayers and and this sense of deep hunger and longing for God that I'd never known. It just started to like rise in me where I like, I don't want anything more than I want to belong to God and to be gods and to know God. Um, So I feel like it it was this dark season, but when I look back at it now, I'm actually incredibly grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm grateful, because I, I know that God was with me in that darkness. And part of the reason I know that is because of things like my friendship with Sarah. It's like um, Sarah was one of the lights that God put a couple steps ahead of me on that path to say, hey, a few steps this way, walk this way. Um, Sarah gave me that book she mentioned, uh, The Invitation to Solitude and Silence, and I brought it on that retreat and, and it helped me, it helped me navigate those hard days and it gave me um language and some wisdom for like how to navigate what I was feeling Mm -hmm. but out of that I also learned um a new way of praying like Sarah said where it wasn't controlled by me and it wasn't about me being responsible to say the right things or come up with Mm -hmm. the right words um it it wasn't it wasn't about my agenda or me trying to figure out what I should pray for Mm -hmm. um but it was a new type of prayer that was all about releasing control to God and resting and getting quiet and noticing things mm-hmm. and just listening. Mm. Um, so that I, I'd still call myself actually a beginner at that sort of prayer. Many people have been doing it for years and are much more mature at it than I am. But I've seen it myself in these past couple years as I've started to practice more of that type of prayer, just this slow transformation of beginning, first of all, to actually experience God as being good and gracious towards me and believe that He is with me and loves me and is for me, um, and actually starting to learn in little ways how to sense His presence and sense the ways that He speaks to me. It's mm-hmm. been uh, really, really good. I'm just so grateful for what God's been doing. Yeah.
1: Thanks for sharing that story, Hannah. Um I have a lot I feel like I have a lot of questions for you as it, as it come off that story but I would love to I would love to know more about about that about that prayer that you had just talked about this this practice um, this way of praying that has brought such um, healing and freedom um, can you tell us a little bit more about that as well as any other kind of what has God used along the way to continue to you know to grow in this so yeah
3: so I think for me um like practically what that looks like is setting aside some sort of regular chunk of time, um, where the intention is, uh, solitude that is getting away from other people, uh, to be with God and God alone and, uh, stillness that is the intention is to, um, to kind of stop the noise and the activity, um, that I tend to get so addicted to and to be still kind of like in Psalm 46, where it says, be still and know that I am God. That's kind of uh, one of the guiding verses I think about. So um, whatever chunk of time it is, sometimes it's just, um, you know, sometimes it's literally been five minutes during this pandemic. Other times I have up to like a half an hour, but I try to draw away from other people during this time and from the noise of my life, kind of like my phone or devices, just to sit quietly with God, listen for His voice and wait for Him.
1: You know, as I think about you know the listener who's sitting here and wondering, like, oh, I I want, that. like, how do I stop? How do I start that? Like, I, I resonate with Hannah's story and and with Sarah's story, and um, but but how do I how do I start?
2: You know, I would say, start small. We're not chasing after God. God is not um giving us a scavenger hunt that we have to to uh conquer to find him um i think learning to be quiet within yourself first um because i believe god is waiting for us to do that but i also you know in the scripture when it it talks about how with elijah that god comes in in um god comes in the storm god comes um in the earthquake or you know um There's a storm, there's an earthquake, and then God comes in the whisper. God is nearer to us than we even know. But we can't hear because we're so loud. And if you start with just like Hannah had said, put your phone down and sit quiet for five minutes. Start with two minutes. I started with two minutes. 30 seconds. Start with that. Just to get yourself in the practice of quietly waiting, because I also don't feel like God is gonna shout above the noise. If that makes sense, um, so starting small. This isn't. This isn't like Hannah had said. She did this long, the long retreat, and it's almost like she wasn't ready for that. And, um, sometimes growing our muscles, obviously that takes time. And so give yourself a little bit and know that God is, God is graciously waiting, um, and isn't, isn't
3: looking for you to do the, the long marathon before you've learned to walk two steps. One thing else I'll say also is, um, I think I've learned to release my expectation of what's going to happen during Mm. that time. You know, like I think in a way, maybe talking about this, there's a little bit of a liability where we're setting people up to say, okay, if I do this, then mm-hmm. I will hear the voice of God. You mm-hmm. know, like is this transactional thing. I give God 10 minutes of silence, then he will speak to me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually fairly common that I feel like I just sat there for 10 minutes and did nothing. <laughs> or I did nothing except bad away distractions the entire time. Mm-hmm. But um, one of my one of my friends who is a little more experienced in this type of resting prayer than uh, than I am, she really encouraged me and said, you know, every time a distraction comes and then you come back and think about God again and rest in God, you know, when you let that distraction go and return, that's like a little mini act of like coming home to God again. And he's mm-hmm. delighted each time you do it, you know, like. Don't think of God scolding you because you're getting distracted. Like, no, God is delighted that you are coming back to him. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that that's been really helpful to me is it's okay if you do nothing. And doing nothing in and of itself is spiritually formative because we are choosing to believe that waiting has value and that – like eternal value doesn't only come from our human activity, but it comes from the movements of God, which are so many times not on our timing. And a lot of times they feel slow compared to the rate at which we'd like to see things get done. But Mm -hmm. it's okay to sit and do nothing and to feel like, okay, that's what I did today. I sat and I did nothing. Mm -hmm. I just want to add too to what Hannah's saying. I think this is really important to
2: say is that again hearing like an audible phrase or or you know now god has spoken and given me you know this big revelation that's that's not necessarily the goal the goal is presence and and experiencing the nearness of god mm-hmm. that's going to take some time for for your soul to even understand what that feels like. If you've always been doing for God, that that was my story that I only knew how to serve God. I only knew how to pray at him. I only knew how to read my Bible and check that off and, and go to church and serve. And, and when I got quiet, I didn't, I didn't know his voice anymore. Um, and so there's, there's shifts that happen within us and a deep level that, I don't think our our minds are even aware of, but after your five minutes, if you're practicing that, just quietly being with God and saying, I don't actually know maybe what this looks like, God, or what the end result of this is, but I'm trusting that you're with me and I'm trusting that um, you're growing something in me that I can't do myself. When you are back in your loud world, when you're back in the chaos, and Like I said, I'm a mom of four kids in school age. I mean, we're in a pandemic right now. Everyone is home. It is probably the loudest my life has ever been. You hear these little moments of nudges. I don't even know how to explain it, but... um, where you know God is changing you and you can tell by how you're reacting in different situations and things like that that it comes from within it is not something that you are doing and that feels to me like the beautiful result if you're if you want to use the word result which I don't in the sense that it it feels you know quantitative but um that God is an experiential God who desires to change us from within mm-hmm. i
3: truly believe that from the deepest of my being. I'll also say that when when I feel like, when I've sat in these spaces and um, sometimes, not always, but sometimes had these experiences of um, God speaking, that I've mostly kept it to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is actually healthy for us is Mm -hmm. to have this interior space that's um, just for us and God and then sometimes if that has been then confirmed by conversations or something i read something i hear in the sermon something i read in the scriptures that's a really neat experience because then you really feel like okay this this is how the holy spirit has been working for me you know he's he brought me this and now i see it here and i'm hearing it there and i'm reading it there and um, I think that's another neat way that God speaks to us. Sometimes is by sending us the same message from a diff- bunch of different sources.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate your guys' honesty with just kind of what that process was like for you, because I know that I've, I've, I've tried this again. I'm, I'm learning, um, but it's really easy. I'm a product of our culture, and so you know, two or three days in a row of of five to ten minutes of silence, and it's just like, well, that didn't work. Like mm-hmm. on to the next thing, it's really easy to get frustrated. Um, but I love what you said, Sarah, a little bit earlier too. Like you're training muscles to. It's it's kind of like learning a new language um, to, to be able to be in tune with God. And it's, it's a practice. It's going to take, take work. And so it's not a quick fix. It's not like a microwave solution to something where, you know, you try it twice and all of a sudden you have this vastly different experience maybe, but just showing up, being present, even if it's frustrating. Um, like you said, Hannah, it's an opportunity to return and to return again, um, to the father. So I love that.
2: I found that it was much harder to be still before God than to, do for god
0: oh for sure yeah
2: and that was a that was an interesting thing to me because if you had said can you sit quietly and pray it was like oh of course i can can you sit quietly and pray without words and just listen and you know of course i can and then i try and then it's like hannah said like expect to feel uncomfortable expect it to be very hard at first because we're not used to that We are not a quiet culture. We are a very loud, busy culture. So that transfers into our spiritual life too. To sit quietly before God truly without then talking, to just sit, is not something that I think many of us are practiced in at all. And it is a practice and it takes a long time.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things about, uh, even being in the midst of this pandemic, especially at the beginning, it just felt like so many things were stripped away. Um, you know, opportunities to connect with people, uh, all the sports shut down for a while. So all of like the kind of distractions that we would normally go to, um, many of them were stripped away. We were turning to like Tiger King, right. (laughs) To be, to be distracted by things. Mm -hmm. Um, but at least I had this experience of like, oh man, like it felt like things slowed down and I was alone with just kind of my thoughts and it was me and God. And that was kind of a scary place to be of like, oh man, this, I feel kind of vulnerable here. And I think a lot of us have been experiencing that throughout um, this pandemic as we've um, had maybe more time to kind of sit there and, and be less distracted, although some of that's coming back and there's certainly school and all that kind of stuff too. But, um, it was at least kind of an interesting experience that, that I had at the beginning of all of this, um, along those lines, uh, Hannah and, um, Sarah, you guys, you both have families and, and young kids. So as wives and mothers, You probably have a lot on your plates right now, and you're around other tiny humans, like 24 Mm seven. How has this pandemic affected how you guys engage with God? I know you've talked a little bit about that, but what what has the past um, few months, past half year or so been like for you guys?
2: So last year, my youngest started kindergarten. And for the first time in 12 years, I had some space to myself with no kids home. And, um, there was a deep need in me for some some space, just some breathing room. So when the pandemic happened and everyone came home, I was I was a little uh, frustrated and, and angry and almost had this, God, why did you even give me all of that space before? Because I relished it and, Wanted. I wanted that to be the next decade, you know. And um, a wise mentor talked to me about the difference between um, spirituality that's practiced in the quiet and solitude, and then spirituality that's practiced um, basically in the realities of life. So to find a balance between the two, because obviously I'm not a monk, I um, I had to prioritize some of these things though that I knew um were non-negotiables in my life now I knew what it was like to be Sarah um running the rat race burning herself to the max with no margin I didn't want to go back to that so it's really um intentional carving out of time on my calendar to have different things that I um can't find at home basically. So I will take um, two hours every Saturday and I leave the house and I go. I actually love walking at Holy Wisdom Monastery in Middleton here. I go and I walk the trails and I sit and I just listen and I I realize how much I can't even hear myself when I'm in the house. But then that stillness and that... Um, quietness that I've cultivated with God just from being there, when I come back home and the instant I walk in the door and the chaos hits, I feel steadier inside. And I'm able then to draw away little bits throughout the day. I literally will even just lock myself in my bedroom for five minutes and take some breaths and just say to the Lord, I am feeling frightened. I am feeling overwhelmed. I am feeling sad and lonely, whatever it is. And then I just sit. And I, I let God sit with me in that. And like Hannah had said earlier, I don't often hear words. I will sometimes get a picture. But most times I just feel a deep knowing that God is with me and that I'm okay. That's
3: so good, Sarah. Um I think Sarah probably handled the pandemic better than I did. (laughs) (laughs) So so if I'm honest, um, the pandemic really messed with me. Um, I had been starting to establish some rhythms of my life of getting away, engaging with God, listening. And those rhythms for me were dependent on like me being able to schedule times when I would didn't have my responsibilities of being a wife mm-hmm. and a mom, right? When they were all away doing other things mm-hmm. and I could feel like, okay, I can get away with God and nobody else is uh, impacted by that. You know, they're not missing me. Mm-hmm. But then once COVID hit, they were all home pretty much all the time and so was mm-hmm. I. And there were just so many needs that were present all the time and everybody was tired and um, dealing with something difficult. And-, and Uh, in the pandemic and all those change rhythms. And um, I am wired for like high responsibility, a high sense of like obligation to my fellow humans. (laughs) And so it was incredibly difficult for me to set a boundary around private space Mm -hmm. for me to be with God and God Mm -hmm. alone, because it felt like me saying no to all of them.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, And I did not do it well. Uh, A little bit here and there, but I, I was missing it. Um, I was missing my regular time away, and I and I really felt, you know, the loss of that at first. But then I would say as the weeks went on, um, I stopped missing it so much. I started mm-hmm. falling back into old patterns and feeling more restless. And eventually, even if I tried to have time with God, I felt like I couldn't really sit still. I couldn't really settle my mind down, and it just felt too hard. It felt near impossible. Mm-hmm. So, um, Instead of bringing that restlessness to God, I had just started taking some easier routes. I tried to kind of numb out those feelings by entertaining myself with games on my phone or watching shows or whatever, and I did that for you know a period of time. I would say in the pandemic, um, and I would say you know by mid to late summer, I really started noticing that I was depleted. Like I was really floundering. You know, I was feeling discouraged. Mm. Um, and angry, and just frustrated by things, and and I think the graciousness of having had a season where I felt like my spirit was in a healthier place was that I knew it was possible, mm. you know. And I got to a point where I got sick enough of being depleted. Where I'm like, I have to change something. I have to get serious about this. So um, I took a break from all the ways I would fill those open spaces in my life, just with entertaining myself, and held that space as open and. I said, you know, I have to stop feeling this mom guilt and this wife guilt to take time away from these people Mm -hmm. and and that I love so dearly. But I need to set a boundary around my time with God. So I started doing that more in the past few months, and I've gradually seen as I've opened up those spaces again for God and God alone, even if it's just you know a few minutes here, a few minutes there. That God is there, and he's bringing me. He's bringing me home again. So, yeah, I haven't handled it great, but um, but I'm starting to come back to some of these practices, and it's and it's been really good.
1: That's great, Hannah. I know just hear that you're not alone. I think that many of us, you know, um, handle have handled the, the the pandemic in different ways, and different parts have looked better than others. Um, just hearing stories, and you know, I think that you guys have um, offered so much I you know I mean I'm tempted to ask like are there any pr- other practices tools rhythms but really what I'm hearing you say is like actually potentially that can even kind of get in our way like our 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 challenge our invitation is to come and sit mm-hmm. and to and to and to um quiet the noise and not add to the noise and so um I think that that's kind of a great challenge that I'm taking away from this
0: Well, man, this has been so good, you guys. I feel like we're uh, barely scratching the surface. Like we could continue talking for another hour, um, and I feel like I've been pretty quiet. I'm just, I'm just soaking this in and learning from you guys. So thank you so much. Um, and I know you would feel like, uh, gosh, we um, we're still on a journey. Hannah, you said earlier like you're still in the beginning stages of this. But I really appreciate with both of you how. Um, However far along you are or you aren't, that you are bringing other people along on this journey and that you're both helping to be a resource um, to others that are going through some of these same, same things. You guys are already having an impact um, through some of the things that you've walked through. And I, I just sense so much hope from from your stories. I think so many people, myself included, can relate to um Maybe just hitting a wall, or like whatever we've been doing to mm-hmm. to try to pursue God and to um, to know Him more and to experience Him, it just isn't working. Whatever we, we were doing before isn't working. So how can we how can we experience Him in a different way? Um, and so hearing you guys work through that and to to come to a different place mm-hmm. where where you're hearing from Him and experiencing Him, I'm just so encouraged by that. Um, so thank you guys mm-hmm. so much, Hannah and Sarah, for for joining us today.
2: You're welcome. Thanks.
3: Chris.
0: Well, for the prayer practice for this week, uh, we're actually going to bring back the prayer of examine that Adam and Alicia Penning led us through a couple months ago. Um, the prayer of examine is simply a practice that helps us look back on our day or week to grow an awareness of God's presence in our lives and to learn to hear from him. And we heard from so many of you that it was just a really helpful tool to be able to spend time with God and to learn to hear his voice, that we thought it would be fitting to use it again, only this time um, we've extended it out a little bit to give you a little more time in each section to reflect and pray. So with that, let's hand it over to Adam and Alicia.
4: As we begin, I just want to encourage you uh, to get comfortable, right? To, if there's distractions you can turn off, maybe you can't. So maybe you can just try to turn them off in your head. <laughs> I know you're you're listening to a podcast, but maybe you need to put your uh, phone on, do not disturb or something like that. So you just get a little bit of space to become self-aware and a little more connected to God. And as you do that and you hunker down, you do what Chris said, just take a deep breath. You know, sort of uh, become aware of the fact that you <laughs> are alive and you, you where no matter where you're coming from in this moment, you you're wanting to enter into God's presence. and really the the beauty of our faith is that God is always more willing to meet with us than we are to him. He's always more present, his attention is more focused on us than we ever can be on his so as you breathe deep and let that fact that God is here with you as you breathe maybe just in your heart, your mind you can just whisper I'm here God I'm here in the midst of all that's going on I just want to slow down and be present to you in the next few minutes.
5: And as we become aware of God's presence, listen to the words of Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God is present with you as you listen to this. And he's been present with you this past week this past month and since the day you were born. So take a moment just to thank God for His presence with you right now and ask Him to help make you more aware of His presence in this moment.
4: Now, throughout the scripture, where the authors, when they speak God's presence, it usually means good. That where God's presence is, his goodness is. And it's good for his people to be there. So right now, as you hopefully have sort of focused your heart and your mind on his presence, you, you just take a minute to thank him. Thank him that he's with you that he's for you. Thank him that even if you wander or your mind wanders from him, he's gracious towards you. He's abounding in love. He's slow to anger. And he is right there as you bring your attention back on him. Maybe there's something else that has come come to your mind and you want to take a moment to just thank Him. Maybe there's something in your life that is causing joy or peace, or even in the disruption. Maybe there's something that is still good. It's been said that uh, we need moments of beauty to help us navigate and walk through sometimes the hours and the weeks of ugliness in the world. And this is just a moment of beauty, to say thank you to God for what is good in life, and also just that he himself is good. So whether it's big or it's small, just take a moment and thank him.
5: And now we come to the part where we're going to review the events of the last 24 hours. Or if you want, you can even think about the last week, or maybe even the last six months, if it's been a while since you've done this. And as you do this, try not to let those feelings morph into shame for yourself or blame towards others. Rather, just let them be what they are, clues to our inner world and invitations to self-discovery and God's work. So I want to encourage you to pray through the feelings that surface for you. As you look back, maybe some strong feelings arise. Maybe you're thinking about something that was painful or moments that were filled with joy, things that brought peace, sadness or anxiety. Maybe there's confusion, hope, compassion, regret, anger or jealousy. Maybe there's self-doubt or boredom, maybe there's excitement. Think for a minute and ask yourself, is there anything that's surprising? Is there anything that's frustrating? Did something happen, did you say something or do something that you now regret? On the other hand, what, what's brought peace and contentment and what's brought fear or anxiety? And remember, feelings aren't necessarily right or wrong, but more often are clues as to what's going on inside of us. So try to approach them with curiosity and ask yourself, what is God trying to communicate to you in those feelings? And take a moment to to process that with God. In the next part of this prayer of examine, we want to rejoice and also ask for forgiveness. So in the midst of all the feelings and events that you just processed, how was God present to you? How has He sustained you? What can you celebrate in this season? So I want to invite you just to take a minute to praise Him for how He's provided for you and how He's carried you through. And at the same time, there likely are things that you feel convicted by. We serve a loving God. We also serve a holy God. So as you sit with him and process through this season with God, you may think of things that you feel convicted by, sin that you need to talk with him about. So I want to invite you to bring that to him as well and ask for his forgiveness, knowing that When we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive.
4: Finally, let's look ahead. So take just a moment before you jump into the rest of your day. I may have said that, and right away you are thinking about the rest of your day and anxiety. You're thinking about emails to check and all sorts of stuff, but put a pause on it. I want you to think about what you want to do in the rest of your day, but I want you to think about who do you want to be? How would God have you walk through the remainder of your day? And then ask for his guidance, for his strength and his direction for the day or the hour or the week or the season ahead. As you think about the last few minutes as we've sat here being attentive to God and attentive to your, ourselves, I want you to ask yourself, is there anything that God is asking you to do? What is God inviting you into in the next season, coming out of this time of prayer and reflection? We're not alone in this. It's not just about experiencing conviction and wanting to repent and then moving forward in our own strength, but really, God is present with you through the presence of His Holy Spirit inside of you. And your time with Him ought to be directional. He wants to move you down the road on the journey to becoming more like yourself, but ultimately more like his son, Jesus. So as you think about relationships you're going to step into, tasks you have ahead of you, looming threats and problems, take a moment even just to ask, God, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be as I move forward into that? And then ask for the Spirit of God who lives in you to grow you and to empower you. This is a directional process that leads us to future growth and more to the likeness of Jesus. So take a moment and sit with that. Hopefully in the last few minutes, you've had a chance to experience a little bit of this practice of becoming more aware of yourself and of the true and living God who is at work in you and around you in the world, who wants to move you out of where you are and bring you to the place he would have you to be. And as we thank him for that, I'm gonna close with some prayer. It's a prayer from the book of Ephesians in chapter three. I just wanna pray this over you. As you sit, before you get up and move through the rest of your day, I wanna pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all of the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, amen.